You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. All right, this is one of those times when, you know, because we get a, a slew of emails, Shannon. And, you know, those are sent to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where we get comments, we get questions, we get some that are praises, you know, love, all of them. Absolutely. And save a ton of them. My archives are overflowing. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, um, see, I break my stuff down. This is the nerd I am because I like a zero inbox. And so (laughs) I have, right. So I have filters and folders that stuff gets shifted to. But with Sexy Marriage Radio, there's so much going on. I have four folders in it. Uh huh. Unanswered, answered, praise, and getaway. I need to do that just so I can have a better yeah. organization and, system. And just in the unanswered folder, I have 392 emails. Whoa. So, and this is over the course of, you know, we're almost to 200 shows. So it's, it's this whole idea of, man. This is there's been a lot, so there's a lot of stuff, and and a lot of them overlap, and they have become. I could go through that and go, okay, yeah, we actually answered that because that topic has become. We just haven't been specific, but it's time for us to do a show of just answering some emails. Yeah, let us let us at least delete a few out of the inbox. (laughs) We need need to get some stuff moving, and we need to answer your questions because I honor that. I mean, I honor the ones that send stuff into us and say, hey, I'm interested in your thoughts because. That's what we want to provide is just maybe a different way to think about it or a different way to view it. And knowing I can't answer it, Shannon can't answer it and fix it, but maybe we can help you reframe it or normalize it to realize, you know what? I'm actually not alone with, with the feelings that I've got or the struggle that I have in my marriage. You know, it's, it's, it's so great to be able to just burst that bubble with people <laughs> feeling like they're all alone and realize, nope, you're not. Been there. Had that. Nope. No temptation seizes you, but what is common and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm blown away at how so often people, the issues that they present, and they do feel as if they're the only ones. Yeah. And it, when we read some of these emails today, people are going to be wondering, did my spouse send that? Because <laughs> really these really are relatively common issues. Yes. It, 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 even if it doesn't affect the majority of people, it, it affects many. Right. Just know that, that right. all of these things affect many. Right. And so... You want to jump in and start? I, I do. And to start, though, I'm going to, I'm calling a quick audible um, that it, there's some of the stuff we get uh, when we look at the emails, there's a lot of pain involved because there's a, sometimes there's just a lot of pain in relationships. You know, there's infidelity, there's betrayal, there's withholding, there's fighting, there's arguing, there's no sex, there's mercy sex, there's all kinds of different things that can just be really painful. Yeah. But there's a resource that, that came out um, that I know I've referred to several times and I, I think you've referred to several times with um, other clients or patients. And that's a TED Talk by Esther Pearl on, uh, on reframing infidelity in marriage. We were just talking about that last night in the car on our way home. Th- th- that particular talk I have shared with so many yes. clients. And so I want to, yeah, I want to just give a powerful. plug for that. And, and the, way you, yeah. uh, the way you find it is you just go to Google and Google Esther Pearl infidelity talk. On and wasn't, TED talk. That, wasn't that introduced to us by one of our listeners? Yes, that's how yeah. I found it. As, yeah. as somebody sent us an email to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, incidentally. And 
and referred it to us because she is i love esther pearl she's great she's a great author she is she she is someone who who really gets that pain is sacred right and behind every infidelity experience or every sexual you know issue or struggle there's there's pain death loss grief sadness there's there's something that drives you in that direction and she's a thinker I mean, I love yeah. it because she kind of takes the time to unpack some stuff. And so it's a great, it's a great talk. So listen to it. Even if you've not experienced infidelity in your relationship, it still, hey, view it because it's worth it. it it's Absolutely. Because it. chances are you're going to have a friend or 10 in your lifetime yeah. that do struggle with it. And to be able to share some of her insights could be very healing yeah. to them. All right. So that being said, that's one email. Check. Here's another one. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, email comes in saying I'm, they're interested in our thoughts on couples that sleep in separate rooms. You, you told me about uh, wanting to talk about that particular topic. And I have to admit that I had mixed emotions simultaneously. It's like they collided in my brain. There was part of me that was like, oh, that's so sad. But then the other part of me went, ooh, but that could actually be a little bit titillating. Yep. And that's. That- yeah, a lot, lot. Obviously, here's the one struggle I've got with with a sh- with shows like this, with doing emails, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of additional information we do not have, and so sometimes we've got to extrapolate and and I make a hypothesis and, a, and an overarching broad brush stroke comment, which right. which can be easily misinterpreted, taken out of context, and and I so we don't mean any kind of pain or or hurt. That's why we need to work on, and I guess this is probably me saying to me because I'm the techno geek in this show, um, work on how to figure out how to do call-in kind of shows. So we can actually, let's talk to our listeners and say, okay, that's your question, and we'll keep you anonymous. I could probably even figure out a way to disguise your voice if that was much of a, that much of an issue. Yeah. But we don't have to share names or, or details, but we could actually unpack some things with you and that would help in a great way, but that's another story. Um, anyway, yeah, you've already got our listeners clamoring for that type of show. <laughs> well, we'll I, make I that help. happen. That that can that can happen. <laughs> I know, but it's just the idea that all right, is sleeping in bedrooms a bad thing? Well, separate bedrooms. Yeah, there you go. Is it a bad thing? Well, how do you define that? I mean, I guess that's how you start. Is is what does that mean? It's how it's all in how you perceive it. Yeah, well, are you sleeping in separate bedrooms because you fight so often that you don't want to sleep together in the same room? Then I would say, yeah, that's a bad thing. Yeah. But if it's that one snores and the other one lays awake wanting to strangle that person, yeah, that separate bedrooms would be my recommendation. Sure. Or, or actually, a sleep study and uh, you know specialist who can help you overcome the snoring, so you can stay. Yeah, in the same see, bedroom. that's the deeper part of the story is. Yeah. If you are a snorer and you're married to somebody that, that's a light sleeper, obviously there's going to be issues. But are you doing anything about your snoring? Right. That's the deeper Because there are lots issue. of things that can be done. Yes. And if you are, then good for you. Mm-hmm. If you're not, okay, then you can't be mad that your partner is saying, get out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't sleep. Yeah. Another reason that I know that some people sleep in separate beds is they feel as if there's just not enough room for both of us to be in the same bed, get a bigger bed, get a king size bed for crying out loud. Get a California king. Stop yeah. trying to sleep in a full size bed or even a yeah. queen size bed can be a tight fit for two larger people. Yep. Um, so yeah, just, yeah, just I, I think it's, large. Get a big I, bed. yeah, I think it is all, obviously the answer to this question for this emailer is yeah, it, 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 it depends on the context. 
That's yeah. all it depends on. Because I've worked with Which, a couple actually that they were in an in-house separation because they were at uh, you know about to call it quits. And so he just moved into another room. And, and then they finally reached out, which I'm a proponent of. If you've got major issues, rather than calling it quits, you know, get together and, and figure out a way to take a break. Because calling it quits, you know, that's, that's you can't repair it. That's irreparable. I mean, there's a whole, that's a whole big, bigger ordeal. But if you just take a break and you do a separation, even if it's an in-house separation, and in the world we live in in America today, lots of houses can can handle that <laughs> you know yeah. if, you, if you think about it that's a great can... way to to refocus what's going on because the couple i was working with they did that and i was by working with me i think i helped him reframe it to where now all of a sudden it turned into he could invite her into his bedroom as things progressed and it became an intentional thing and that's what shifted things in their marriage and I think that women love it when their husbands are intentional and vice versa. Yep. I think husbands love it when their wives are intentional. Yeah. I think an in-house separation is much healthier than an, an outer house. <laughs> an, out, an outhouse house separation. Outhouse separation. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you get the idea. Yep. Um, so yeah. Uh, so you ready for another yes. little potpourri tidbit here? All right. I, I wanted to cry when I got this particular um, email from a gentleman who says that they've been married, I'll just say over 30 years. He says, we truly love each other. We even like each other. There's just no sex. He okay. says, okay, well maybe once a year, but then here's the shocker. He says, this is essentially my issue, not hers. Right. She has asked, demanded, begged, reminded. It sounds like a good idea, but when it comes down to being interested enough to overcome all the rest of life's activities and stuff and actually do something, I do nothing. He said, her spirit is broken, and frankly, mine is too. It feels like a huge mountain to climb, and I just don't know how to climb it anymore. He said, I could go on and on. Everything about our life is great. Their health, their financial status, all that stuff is great, except neither of us is getting any sex, and neither of us is happy about that at all. Corey, what could possibly be behind this mentality? Uh, is this a, if you don't use it, you lose it type of a phenomenon? I, you know, there's, there's a lot of additional information needed to answer this question. And this is why we need to call in. Right. So. Because there's, this is, this is a tough one. Um, the immediate thought just to answer his question is it sounds like a difficult mountain to climb, but I want to climb it and I just don't know how. Mm -hmm. Well, the way you climb a mountain. One step at a there time. There you go. That's the way you eat an elephant too. You know, yeah, one, one bite, bite at a time. <laughs> so it's, that's it. You don't look at the enormity of it. You take a step. Yeah. And because obviously there's something else attached to it. There's a meaning. There's a struggle. It could be a trauma. It could be an infidelity. It could be a pornography. It could be an ED. It could be, yeah, I, mean, I was there's wondering all if it was these, yeah, there's all these yeah. different things that we get in our own way because we're afraid of what could happen when I'm thinking way down the line rather than, okay, what if I just take a step? Yeah. And that's what I was wondering is take the pressure off to perform sexually. And what if you and your wife just decided to 
to lay next to each other watching television with your hands on each other's inner thighs and just just caress each other yeah. that's all that's the only goal for the evening is yeah. let's just caress each other's thighs yeah. and see what happens just see what happens yeah because it's 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 about just taking the step mm-hmm. um you know because obviously there's some sort of an attachment that that keeps you where it is that i mean all right think about it i'll, I'll speak i'll speak straight to the man that's talking about this that, that, that emailed it so you're okay sitting there watching your wife suffer, knowing you're causing that suffering. Mm. If yeah, that's, she's, if that's she's true, begging. right. If she's that's begging, true, right. If you're okay with that, okay. Then welcome to a lot of pain and frustration. Well, and that's, that's like dying before you die. Maybe you know, that that's giving up before there's any reason to give up because I'll say what I've always said. Even if it is an erectile dysfunction issue, even if it's a performance issue, so what if you can't cut the mustard? You can still lick the jar. Yep. Your fingers still work. Your yep. tongue still works. If she still has sexual energy and wants you to pleasure her, then maybe try doing that. And so for me, what comes to my mind is I wonder if there's some sort of legalistic voice in his head from when he was growing up maybe. who gave him the impression that sex is dirty, sex is bad, sex is wrong, because all these other areas of their life are thriving. Right. And yet one area is just totally repressed. Right. It makes me think that there's a, a theology issue there. Yeah. And it also makes me wonder, are all the other areas really thriving or do they just do life well together? It's really not a lot of depth, but they just get along well with each other's schedule. Mm, yeah. I. They make good roommates, you mean? Yeah. That just not. Well, I mean, think about it. There's people make. that are great managers of 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 life, but there's no depth to them. Right. Right. And so that the could be. Is yeah, where that could be going on. And hey, we we run a household well. I see families that are like that. You know, they they get along great. It's just they can't get along to, to the depth, and that's what produces the divorce or the affair or the frustrations or the struggle. It's because they can be very civil and and manage things well, but they can't handle whenever somebody gets too close yeah intimacy can be very very scary to some people i think it's scary to everybody well yeah yeah <laughs> scary close <laughs> like donald miller's yes, new book scary I, close it is that we all we do hide <laughs> yeah that is true the, the fig leaf thing is still present today isn't it yeah because yeah I, but i want i want this guy to know though our heart does go out to you and if there's any way that this is a conversation that we could have on air to help you peel back some layers, yeah. to help you get to the root of what's really going on for you, we would be honored and uh, good for you for, you know, for doing all the other parts of your life well, but don't ignore how important this part is. Because in my opinion, being alive means that you're a sexual being to the core. Yeah. And, and if you're going to refuse to be sexual, then... I just, I, I don't know what kind of quality of life you can really say that you have. Yeah. Not saying that sex is everything. I realize no. that there comes a point in time for all of us when we're just not going to be able to have sex anymore. We're going to be 95. Well. But he's not there yet. But, he's nowhere near but that. But you got to look at it in the relational context that she he's in a relationship with a woman that wants that part of her life. And so she's faced with either doing it alone or finding somebody else to do it with. And it sounds like she wants to do it with him. Or, or to kill that part of herself. Right. Too, right. which doesn't sound like she wants to do that either. Right. Because, it, I mean, we get a lot of emails that, that talk about this is this. Okay, here's my issue. 
and they and then they describe what all's going on with their spouse. <laughs> you know, here, here here's, <laughs> here's my issue. My issue. <laughs> yeah, here's they my issue like... that she never wants sex. Here's my issue. He has uh, rapid ejaculation. Here's my issue. He, you know, blah 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 blah. Here, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me their issue. And yes, it impacts you. I understand that, but it's not your issue. How it impacts you is your issue. Yeah. So my question would be, what do you do with that? That goes back to the same question to the guy. You're okay having your wife suffer by denying her something she wants in her life. Because it sounds like he's getting in his own way. Wow. I love how you can speak that truth with such love, Corey. Well, I do. Thank you. It, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a painful truth. Yes, but it is. I, but he needs to hear it. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's that deep sigh. A lot of pain, obviously. You. A lot of pain. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, rapid ejaculation, can I just go on to the next one from here? Go. It's the opposite of rapid ejaculation, however. This is from a gal who says, absolutely love you guys. We've done so much for her, she says. So she starts by saying thank you. But her issue is that she says her husband takes forever to orgasm. Okay. Here's the thing. She says he is a compulsive masturbator and can and does pleasure himself for extended periods of time. So generally she can climax within about 15 minutes but then he will continue sometimes for 45 minutes longer while he verbally fantasizes. And she says, I do not feel as if we are having sex at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, I understand why, but how in the world do I address this issue? We're pretty open. She says, you guys have given me a lot of courage and advice to stand up for myself, but I have never specifically brought up the time issue because I don't want to make him feel like he's got a problem. But she says it's like the opposite of premature ejaculation, and he's not willing at this point to give up masturbating. And they do have sex several times a week. I had all kinds of thoughts rolling through my mind when I read this one, but I want to hear from you first. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to be able to say, okay, well, hey, expand on those thoughts, <laughs> Shannon. <clears throat> you first. <laughs> um, man. Um, well, okay, let's just unpack it. Obviously, there's more to this, so I'm gonna I add sure, that we're gonna I would add love this. To hear his side of the yeah, story. we're gonna add this on every every email. Mm -hmm. um, I understand why, but how in the world do I address this issue? We are pretty open. No, you're not. If you're not bringing it up, right? Okay. If you've never addressed the time issue with him, and it's become a problem for you, right? Because, I mean, there's there's one rule of thought that I heard from a, a, a fellow blogging friend a long time ago that her and her husband just adopted the motto that if one of us has a problem in the marriage, we have a problem. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and so it's a that, problem for you. It's a problem for both. Of right. You. And it doesn't mean I have Everything. to agree that, uh, but it's okay. If you have an issue, then it's your responsibility to bring up your issue with what's going on. And so that's my first thought to the emailer is she needs to bring it up because his compulsive masturbating has conditioned his brain and his senses. There you go. To make, because no vagina can ever provide the amount of friction and strength a hand Pressure. does. Right. No one can. You could, right. you could practice all those muscles in there, but you ain't squeezing as hard as a hand can. It's two totally different things. Yep. And, and 
it's not always like I don't want people to hear us say that masturbation is always bad in no. marriage because sometimes I think that it's very helpful in yeah. marriage. And if we haven't done a show on that already, maybe we do need to do a show. No, on we marriage. have. How do you know? Okay. Yeah, so we've talked. We haven't maybe unpacked it specifically, but we've talked about. I mean, the, go go in the archives and search out masturbation because there's a show just on that, and we come down on the stance of, hey, what's the big deal <laughs> in the sense of, hey, it, it it plays a role. It can. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at how you said, and we come down on. It's just like, well, that's a weird pun. Girl. For that topic. <laughs> sorry. You said it. You said it. Welcome to you know middle school my, radio. You know that my brain is in that gutter. I do know that. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole compulsive masturbation thing, it makes me wonder what's really behind that for you. If you're getting sex several times a week with your wife and that's not enough for you, that you feel the need to take matters into your own hands so frequently and for such a long period of time. Right. What I want to know is what does masturbation actually represent for you? Yes. <clears throat> what are you experiencing in those moments that you can't experience with your wife or that you insist on experiencing alone? And do you realize that it is conditioning you to not be as responsive sexually with her as you could be otherwise? And I'm not saying that 15 minute sex is always the goal because I would say the same thing to challenge her a little bit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put all the responsibilities squarely in his lap because here's the thing. Quickie sex is great sometimes, but sometimes an hour long sexual encounter really is a delightful experience for you both. But yeah. I understand that there comes a physical point where the friction that's created is just not pleasurable anymore. Right. That if the lubrication begins to dry up and she starts feeling a little chafed, the fun yep. is over. Yep that there needs to be a different activity than just intercourse going on at right. that point. But as far as he likes to verbally fantasize out loud and her not feeling as if we are having sex at that point, I can understand that perspective. And I've heard other people say that at times, but if those verbal fantasies really do something for your spouse, do you really have to become a checked out passive participant or can you stay engaged simply because you know that this is really doing something to your spouse to be able to verbalize that out loud with another human being? Right. Because a person who's a compulsive masturbator has a lot going on in his own head by himself, but to connect with another human being and be able to share all that's going on between his two ears out loud, I promise you that is a very bonding experience for him. Yeah or else he wouldn't be doing it for such a long period of time. Okay. Can So, I mean, can kind of have some sympathy there that yeah. maybe just adjust your expectations that rather than 15 minutes, boom, we're done, maybe just make room for the fact it's going to last a little longer sometimes and it's going to involve some verbalizing of his well, fantasies out right, loud let, let, because let, that he gets off on that and that's no skin off my nose. But let, let, how could we frame it? to give her the wording to build on, to bring it up. You know what I'm talking about? I, I Cause do. that seems I, to be I, what she's I, saying. I, I think, I think that for there to be a better balance that maybe she can just ask for a better balance that the way that we have sex sometimes where I've had my orgasm, you know, a quarter of the way through the experience. And then the other 45 minutes or us talking about it, that, I, I'm okay with that some of the time, but certainly not all of the time. Right. That there are other times that I just want it to to be just me, just you, organic, 
no external fantasies or no, you know, extramarital fantasies or what, you know, whatever's going on in his head, whatever he's verbalizing. Right. That there may be times when she just wants to have relaxed, quiet sex. Right. Just okay. heart to heart, but not necessarily voice to voice. Right. You know, so maybe I wondered too, is he a vacillator and is she a vo an avoider? Yeah. That she just doesn't really feel the need for a lot of talk and, and emotional yeah. connection during sex. Yeah. I, what comes some to people do. Yeah. What comes to my mind is the idea of, you know, you, you can frame it by saying something along the lines of, you know, I really enjoy the time when I get, when you help me and we create what I get to experience with my orgasm because it's a, it's a joint venture mm -hmm. but then after that's done i feel like you kind of go off on your own and i want to be a part of that mm -hmm. and so how would you recommend that she be a part of that well some of it could be i could maybe i could join you in your fantasies uh, as i was going to say is some. it that he needs to incorporate her as a character in well, the fantasy uh, that and then some of it can be but also you might need to rethink your masturbating because that's impacting me and being able to join you. That's a part that I, you're doing on your own and I can't get you there. Mm -hmm. So it, it I mean, it's and basically call out the elephant in the room. Yes. The elephant in the bedroom instead yeah. of the living room. Sure. Yeah. And, and the thought that crossed my mind is, you know, if he enjoys masturbating, but he's separating himself from her to do that. And then it's impacting his performance when he is with her. Why doesn't he just incorporate her into the masturbatory experience to where he's not masturbating alone anymore? Yeah. He's, he's having her, you know, hold him, having her play uh, with his see, or, you okay. know, whatever. Yeah. Cause here's, this is, and this is the crucible then this is the struggle because for the most part, masturbating is an isolating thing. It can be. That's kind of the way it, most it guys get be, into it. But I mean, it doesn't have to no, be. No, I get it. I get it. I, I know exactly what you're saying. But I'm just thinking how yeah. most guys get into this. It becomes a secret. I got to make sure nobody knows. I got to. And it, so it's an isolating kind of a thing. And so it can seem like this huge brain melt shift to say, I have to invite somebody into that. <laughs> wow. I, I think that that, I think that that could be the very thing that's needed in this that's, situation. Though. I, I if agree. If the secrecy, if the separation, if all of that is bleeding over and impacting the lovemaking between the two of them, it's a problem. Yep. If it's a problem for her, yep. it's a problem. And I think it's really hot to watch your spouse pleasure themselves and you just be a student of what they're doing, of just pay attention to what they're doing. But the fact that your spouse is present while you're doing it can actually be a very affirming experience. Yeah. Of, yeah. I don't have to have secrets. There's nothing about me that's not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I, I have one more I want to throw out on the table. Let's uh, go. If we still have time. We got, it. we got a couple minutes. Let's go. Okay. Uh, this is a gal who says that they've been married for 25 years and she has a question about makeup sex. Is it good or is it bad or both? She says, I know we use sex as a way to make up and resolve or forget issues. And I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Uh, I'm not saying create arguments for the sake of having makeup sex, but why would there be anything wrong with using sex as a way to smooth to feathers re to reconnect and to reconnect. Absolutely. So we're proponents, we're fans, but here's her issue. She said, um, I still, to this day, after 25 years of marriage, so we're, we've been married the same, same amount of time still to this day, I'm so self-conscious about my body that I feel the need to suck in my stomach 
and I feel insecure about my breast size. And I do all of this during sex. Okay. And I just thought that's so sad. That's so like, I can't envision being as uptight about what my body looks like 25 years into marriage as I was as a teenager, you know, it just stop. You've landed him. You don't have to impress him with what your body looks like or doesn't look like. And here's the thing. You can exhale and relax because you're probably not making that big of a difference just by sucking your stomach in a little. I even remember Greg saying, you know, I asked him, you know, okay, I'm, I'm like 15 pounds more than I was when we got married. Is that a bother to you? Do you want me to lose it? Et cetera, et cetera. And he was just like, I really can't tell that big of a difference. If 15 pounds on the scales does not make that big of a difference in a man's eyes when you're having sex with him, I can't imagine that sucking in your stomach makes that big yeah. of a difference. Yeah. So relax, girl, because when you're focused on doing certain things with different muscles, then you're taking the attention and focus away from the other muscles that you should be focusing on you get what i'm saying well yeah because if you're focusing well again this just goes down to the language of sex if you're focusing on a, a shame issue an, an image issue a even to the extreme of a sensate issue you're not connecting with your partner right right if you're focusing on your stomach you're not focusing on his penis or your vagina or all the different things and sensations that you could be right. feeling. Right. But I'm going to even say the, the, the complexity of you don't need to be just focus completely on the sensations going on in your vagina with his penis. It's also focus on him and your connection together and look at, you know, see each other behind the eyeballs and, and connect soul to soul, which is kind of what we're going to talk about some at the sexy marriage radio getaway. Yeah, um, great, great little plug there. Yeah, September seventeenth through the twentieth, and um, there you go. But it is one of those <laughs> Marriott Solana. Yep, DFW <laughs> just north. Um, register now. Uh, but it's one of those that that's that's the whole goal. Fifty dollars off is, before is to, August twentieth is to learn to be present with yourself and your partner, so that some of it is really. Well, I guess the simplistic way to think about it is it really just becomes a how do I learn to grow more comfortable in my own skin and share that with somebody else? Doesn't matter how much skin you got. Right. And and here's the question that really needs to be asked. Does it bother him? Like, don't get hung up on what you think he thinks. Just ask him what he thinks. Because not all men find a mommy tummy or a, a tummy of a 45-year-old woman unattractive. Right. Uh, when you look at like paintings from Michelangelo's era, all those women had tummies. Yep. And like, I remember one time asking my husband if he thought that I should consider getting some sort of surgery to just uh, kind of pull the skin and kind of erase some of the stretch marks from two pregnancies that I packed on a lot of weight during pregnancy. I'll just be real. Okay. And he said, I don't find your stretch marks unsexy in any way, shape, or form. He said, when I look at those stretch marks, he said, I look at those, A, as badges of honor yep. for motherhood, yep. and B, that she was willing to go through that to give birth to my amazing kids. Yep. And he said, I don't find them unsexy at all. Yep. He said, if anything, it just, it's like a tattoo that marks my territory, that, that she is mine. Yep. And I thought, well, pff, I'm never going to have a, another thought about having any type of plastic surgery then. Yep. 
So ask your husband, how do you feel about this particular right. part of my body? And also and look at look at the whole way you guys interrelate because she made a comment about breast size. Mm, if mm -hmm. if what if she, she could be married to a breast guy that mm -hmm. loves her breasts and is always on them. So if mm -hmm. that's the case, does it matter on the size if he's already in, already on them all the time? You know, it goes it, back to if if your mold is your wife or your mold yep. is your husband, it's not about size, shape, elasticity, none of that. It's about you are with them yep. and they float your boat and yep. they will continue to float your boat until neither of you can possibly float anymore. If you just stay focused on what you're experiencing with one another, yep. it's not about looking like a size two supermodel. It's about being yourself and being comfortable in your own skin, regardless of size or shape. Yep. It's about attitude. Sexy is all about attitude. It is. Hey, this is fun. We need to do it again. We've yeah. got so many emails yeah, we backing do. up. We We're got, creating a backlog and, and, here. And add to it. If you hear the show and you're like, hey, you guys didn't quite answer this one, or I got a, I got a completely different one then send it feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because we love hearing from our listeners because we have the sexiest listeners on the face of the planet. And what is the coupon code that they need to use before August 20th? Oh, get, get away $50 sex. $50 yep. off of the registration. Get away get sex. Away so register now. It'd be great to join us. So, hey, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We are honored and humbled every time we get invited into your bedroom. And we want to get you through the door and then what you do inside. Hey, make it up as you go. Wherever you are, <laughs> whatever you're doing, hope you have a great day. See you we next time. We love you for listening.